Thanks for downloading this week's podcast from Crossroads. We are glad you took the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can find out more information at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends. Let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, Here's this week's podcast. Will you keep playing for us this morning? We're gonna we're gonna talk about prayer today. But I just sense maybe we should pray now instead of at the end of the service. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm often guilty of making prayer the last resort instead of the first response. Whatever you're facing today, God cares for you. You can cast your every care upon Him because He cares for you. So if you need prayer today, I just want to ask you, if you'd be so honest and vulnerable and bold, would you just stand to your feet just saying, Lord, I need prayer today. Anybody? I'm standing already. Anybody? I'm glad that we as Believers know that we all have access to Jesus. I appreciate those of you that share your prayer concerns with me, and that's great because I want to pray with you and for you. But guess what? You don't need me. You don't need a priest or a pastor or a bishop or a pope because you have direct access to the Heavenly Father. If you are seated around someone that's standing, I want to ask you, just a second to get up and go stand by someone else's standing. You might not know what's going on in their life. Guess what? That's okay. God does. Can we spend just a little while praying? This is, this is off script. I'm glad that our church doesn't have a bulletin. Because sometimes we program God into our service. I want God to do whatever He wants, whether it's printed in the order of worship or not. So if you're seated, I want to ask you right now, would you get up and go stand by someone else? Maybe you know or don't know. Place your hand on their shoulder if you want. There's nothing magical about that. It's just a symbol of support. Just say, I'm here. I'm here. And would you just begin right there where you are? You can pray silently or out loud. You know, all, all of us in this place, 150, 60, 70, however many there are, could all simultaneously pray at the same time. And the king of the universe would individually, I don't understand it, I don't know how it works, but would individually hear every single prayer. It's amazing. That's the kind of God that we serve. So if you want to just pray out loud, you can for that person. Or if you want to pray silently, I'm going to pray along with you and we'll say amen in just a minute. Would you just pray for those that are standing And just lift them up to the Lord. Ask Him to meet their every need. To allow them to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit today. Lord Jesus, I come to you on behalf of my friends in this room today. Grateful to know that the Creator of the world, our Master, our Savior, knows every single need of every heart in here. No need can we hide, no need can we or need to be ashamed of because you see and know all. And so Lord, I pray for these friends in this room who are standing. Lord, maybe some of us are standing in our hearts, but we didn't want to stand up physically. 
And that's okay, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that you would meet every need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit would be felt in each of our lives right now in this moment, this hour, today, this week. Lord, that we would recognize that our Heavenly Father loves us tremendously. You proved it, God. Thank you for that love that you demonstrated to us while we were yet sinners. You gave your life for us. Thank you. We need not worry if you're concerned or if you've forgotten us. Lord, you told us yourself that even the lilies of the field and the birds of the air don't have to be concerned because you're, heavenly, you're the Heavenly Father and you take care of every need. So we thank you for that today. Lord, I pray that you would give us your comfort today. Grant that we would have our hands open for every good and perfect gift that you want to give to us. And that we would lean on you. Not on our own understanding, but we would lean on you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Prayer is a powerful thing. I have confessed to you as a church family that probably of all the disciplines, which by the way, the word disciple implies discipline, uh, I've confessed to you that probably one of the most challenging disciplines for me as a follower of Jesus is to pray. I love God's Word. I love reading God's Word. I love doing things for people, all those other things. I love fellowship, all those other disciplines that we would talk about are important to our Christian faith, but prayer is one of the challenging ones for me. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's intimate and personal, but it is a tremendous gift of God that He's given us in the gift and the power of prayer. Sometimes we don't really consider it, uh, how powerful it really is, because we're calling upon, as we just sung, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. We're going to pick up in our study in James in just a minute, but I so appreciate uh, our musicians playing for us the Lord's Prayer because Jesus himself, when he taught the disciples how to pray in Matthew 6, he said, this is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Prayer is a powerful thing. Uh, I know teaching our kids how to pray, sometimes we hear some interesting things. And I was, uh, when I was reading over this passage this week in James, James chapter 5 is where we're going to be this morning. If you want to turn there, I came across some prayers that children often pray. I wanted to share some of those with you this morning and see if you can relate to some of these. One, one child who was eight prayed this, Dear God, my mom tells me that you have a reason for everything on earth. I guess broccoli will remain one of those mysteries. <laughs> Another child prayed this, Please make my parents understand that if I don't eat salad, I will do better at school. Somebody else, another child said, please forgive me for hiding my sister's favorite doll, but please don't tell her where it is. 
Dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats. I really want a cat, and I really don't want her to have to move out. (laughs) And here's one more. Dear God, when will my sister stop being annoying? I'm down to my last patience. Those are great prayers, and those are funny prayers because they come from children. But I got to be honest, I wonder sometimes if God looks at my life and sees my prayers... And those are the kind of prayers that I'm praying. James gives us some great instruction as we kind of wrap up our study in the book of James this morning when it comes to praying. He talks a lot in this chapter about, uh, I encourage you to read the earlier part of the chapter about riches and patience and running out of steam and energy and beginning to lose patience with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And he shares all those things. And then he gets kind of really to the the summary, the punchline, if you will, of this chapter, maybe the punchline of the whole book, the importance of prayer and praying for one another. And this is what he says with verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Prayer. There's four things I kind of see in this passage I just want to point out rather quickly to you this morning as we consider this subject of prayer. And the first one is this. Pray in. Pray in. You know, oftentimes in my life when I pray, it causes me to take spiritual inventory of myself. I think sometimes as I was learning to follow Jesus in those early days of being a disciple, I used to think that prayer was uh, what I did when I brought to God my wish list of things that I wanted Him to do for me. It was like this formula that I would pray to try to move the hand of God. And really, that's not the purpose of prayer. Prayer is actually to change my heart to conform to what God's mind is and His heart is. But it makes us look inside and do spiritual inventory. It's interesting that James goes right into this description about how to pray after telling them in the verse just previous in chapter 12, basically, quit complaining. Quit swearing. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Quit the bickering and complaining. Instead, he's saying, pray. Take a look at yourself. Do spiritual inventory. Because he asks those questions, are you in trouble? Are you sick? Are you needing help? Spiritual inventory. Looking inside. There's a couple things that he says in this passage about looking in. That he says actually a couple times. He says... In verse uh, 14, let him call for the elders of the church and pray over him. And then he says in verse 16, the effective prayer, some translations will say the fervent prayer, will accomplish or availeth much. So as you pray in today, a couple questions came to my mind as I was studying this and reading this this week. Am I fervent in prayer? See, much of our prayer that much of our prayers that we pray, myself included, are not really effective because they're not really fervent. They're offered with this lukewarm attitude that, okay, if God cares about this, great, maybe He'll answer, maybe He 
won't answer. And effective prayer has to be fervent prayer. We've got to emotionally connect with God. And in doing so, attach and connect to His heart and connect our heart together through prayer. That's the wonderful gift of prayer. Conversation. By the way, it is conversation. It's not one way. It's not I go to God with my list and pull out my list and rattle it off and then walk away. Prayer is listening and talking. If you watch the life of Jesus, oftentimes when he would go off to pray, we don't read a lot and it's not recorded a lot other than the Lord's Prayer. What he prayed. That's kind of interesting to me. Maybe it's because most of the time he was praying, he was listening instead of talking. So prayer causes us to turn inward. Paul says it this way in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Are we fervent in our prayer? It's a great question. The other question that I wrote down when I think about prayer is, am I clean? You ever wonder why your prayers don't get answered? There are a lot of reasons why prayer doesn't get answered. The great theologian Garth Brooks even wrote a song about, you know, when God doesn't answer prayer. And there's actually some biblical truth to that song. Because sometimes God doesn't answer prayer because He knows best if He answered the prayer that you and I pray, it would actually take us out of the will of God. So when we do introspection, we realize that we maybe are not fervent and maybe we realize that we aren't clean. It could be one of the reasons our prayers are not answered. The Bible says this, Jesus said, when you go into your room and you go in to pray, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what you pray in secret will then reward you. Jesus also said this about prayer. He said, when you stand up and you pray, if you hold uh, anything against someone else, go forgive them first so that your Father will uh, forgive your sins. He also said in Matthew chapter 5, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Those are the hard things about prayer that for me cause me to pray inward, to look inward and have introspection, reflection, evaluation and go, okay, God, how am I doing? Because I want you to hear my prayers. Folks, I think in 2021, the church at large is praying for our world to be changed. But one of the reasons that we might not be seeing a lot of change is we're praying prayers and we're not praying them fervently. And we're also praying as dirty people. Myself included. We want to see the hand of God move. God's word is pretty clear that he wants us to come to him in prayer with a clean heart. Maybe our prayer should be much like David. We're going to look at this Psalms in August, Psalm 51, where David comes before God and says, Create in me a clean heart and a right spirit. Renew to me the joy of my salvation. Forgive me of my sin. So am I clean? Am I praying with fervency? But also not just praying in, but praying out. Praying out, verse 14 13 and 14, James says, Let him pray, let him sing praises. If you're sick, let him call for the elders of the church to come around. Let him call for others of the church to pray over him. James clearly set the initiative for the person in need to be the one to call out in prayer. What we just did, church family, is a beautiful picture of what should happen on a weekly basis in the community of faith. Not just once a week. 
And usually there's two reasons why it doesn't happen. The first one is because we're not praying outwardly. Us individually are not praying outwardly. What do I mean by that? We're not telling people that we need prayer. Well, let's just be honest. Let's just, just, let's just get over it because the reality is all of us need prayer. And some of us don't want to be vulnerable or transparent or open or honest and say that we need prayer. I got a text about four weeks ago from a friend that I had the privilege to marry he and his wife 14 years ago. And his text simply was this, she left me. Hadn't talked to him in a few weeks. I guess he knew that that text would get me to go and call his phone number. She left me. And we started to talk and he asked for prayer. And I was talking to him again last night because he texted me again last night. And that's good and that's awesome. But church family, listen. Here's the question that I thought of when I got the first text a few weeks ago. Where was the text months ago? Where was the text years ago when all this stuff started to happen? Why have we waited till it's gotten to this point to be vulnerable, open and honest and say, I need prayer? Now that things are about to explode, oh, I need prayer. Friends, we cannot use prayer as a last resort. And oftentimes we do because we don't want to be open and vulnerable and transparent. None of us in here are ignorant. We all know that all of us, pastor included, has issues and we all need prayer. So let's just get over it. We all need prayer. Let's move to the next step and get specific with what we need prayer about. And model the way Jesus wants us to live as brothers and sisters and pray for one another. The hesitancy of us to seek prayer from brothers and sisters in Christ in the community of faith is a mystery to me. I do not understand it. Because there's no one outside the church that I can take my needs and supplications to. Yes, I can go to God, and obviously God is first and foremost. But isn't it great that God gave us the gift of brothers and sisters who can pray with us and for us? And if we're not vulnerable and open enough and we're not willing to pray out and share those things, we'll never receive the gift that God has intended for the body of Christ. Are you with me this morning? Trust me, I know that means being transparent. I know some of us have shared things maybe in a small group, Sunday school class, worship group, maybe even in a church, and you shared it and the next thing you knew it was on national news. Forgive us if that happens. Forgive us if that happens in the life of this church. Because those people who share, we have a responsibility we'll talk about in a minute. When somebody shares a need, we then have a responsibility, a God-given responsibility, to bring that need to the Lord and commit to pray for that person. I love what Pastor Jim said this past week in West Virginia. Somebody stood up and said, I need prayer. And they shared a prayer request. And I love what he did. I'm trying to get into this habit. He said, we're going to pray for you right now. Because if we say, I'll pray for you, and we wait till later, we'll probably forget. You ever had that happen? You share a prayer request. You come back to church, and you share a praise report. And people inside, really, they want to go, yeah, I prayed for you. But inside, they're going, oh, I forgot to pray for them. We've got to be willing to open ourselves up. In Acts chapter 13, it's exactly what the early church did, which is our model, by the way, that they fasted, they prayed, they placed hands on one another. There's nothing magical about that. It's a symbol of being supportive. 
Church family, we have, we have let some of the other denominations, the charismatic and Pentecostal people, steal away from us some of the things that Jesus Christ himself commanded that we do as the church. It has nothing to do with denomination. It has to do with are we going to obey this book or not. Now some of it can get out of hand. And some of it can have the emphasis in the wrong place, as we're going to discover in just a minute. But why would we neglect the gift of prayer? Why would we tell God, God, we love you, but we don't want that gift? That is a powerful gift for us to use together. So we've got to be willing to pray in and pray out, but also pray over. To pray over, that's what James says. Call the elders of the church, let them pray over this person who needs prayer. Anointing him with oil. I know that probably scares some of us. Not only praying in and out, but praying over. Here's what they did. Two things that he talks about in that verse when they prayed over. The first thing they did is they anointed people with oil. I don't have any up here this morning. For some of us that would say we've crossed the line. No, that's what the Bible says to do. Why did they do that? They anointed oil not only symbolically to kind of set that person apart and to emphasize the sincerity of two things. Number one, the sincerity of the person who was praying, but also the importance and the sincerity and maybe the hugeness, if I can use that word, of the prayer request that the person had mentioned. And doing that in the Bible days was, was pretty typical. They would anoint people with oil. They would anoint the sick with oil. You can see all about it in the book of Mark. We, saw, we scanned across one of those passages when we studied the book of Mark. In the book of Luke, oil was kind of like used in a medicinal kind of way. And oil was used and is frequently still used, by the way, as a means of curing diseases. Often in Egypt, we read about it in the Old Testament, trying to cure the plague. They still use it in Egypt to cure things like dropsy. And they use pure oil on on wounds and scratches. We call it antibiotic cream. Because that makes us feel better. It's basically oil. Some of us would love some oil in our joints to make them not squeak as much. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So oil is again symbolic. What's interesting to me, again, studying this week, is the Roman Catholic Church has taken this, some of these passages of Scripture, this one included, and taken this command to anoint people with oil, to anoint the sick, into this sacrament. If you know Roman, uh, a Roman Catholic or you know Catholicism, you'll know this. They've turned this into what they call extreme unction, and they actually administer oil when someone's getting ready to die. And yet James is talking about put oil on somebody so they can live, not die. It's interesting how some folks take the Bible and totally turn it upside down. But don't be mistaken, there's a balance here because what does James say to do? James says this, let's not get things out of order as some are prone to doing. Let's look at what the scripture says, verse 14, the end of it, he says, let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. It's not either or in this scripture, in this passage, it's both and. In other words, I've been a part of some services, maybe you have, where there was so much oil slinging going on, you could have greased a pig. 
And yet, prayer was kind of like, oh yeah, and we're going to pray. I've equally been a part of some services where we've prayed, 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 and maybe symbolically to, just to tell God we're serious about what we're praying about. If we had anointed that person with oil, maybe we would have completed the biblical command James has given us right here. So it's not either or. It's both and. But James goes on to tell us there's another part of this praying over people, and it's confessing your sin, verse 16, one to another. Folks, this rarely, if ever, happens in the modern-day church. And we wonder why the Holy Spirit has pretty much, in most churches, disappeared. Maybe if we started doing what God commanded us to do in the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit would take more of an interest in our services around the world. And by the way, outside of North America and most other countries, they are seeing a huge outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they are going back to this book right here and doing the things that this book says to do. And they're seeing people healed. And they're seeing miracles happen. And they're seeing people come to Christ. And they are training them up to be missionaries and sending them to where? Yes, the United States of America. who used to be the largest sending country of missionaries. So what is he saying there? He's saying, confess your sins one to another. He's reminding us of something when it comes to this connectivity of prayer, connecting our heart to God, connecting our heart to one another. He's talking about the importance of confession, and he says, confess your sins one to another, which if you study the original language, he's not talking about necessarily one-on-one. He's talking about one to one another's. Now that scares you, scares me. I wouldn't want to stand up here in front of you this morning and start laying out all my sins of the past week. And neither would you. So what is he talking about? He's talking about removing any hindrance of the Holy Spirit being able to work by praying over one another. A few things about confession just quickly. Confession... The Bible tells us should be made to the one that we sinned against. Confession, according to James right here, should be public. Yes, private if it's to one individual, but if it's to a group of individual, or dare say if anybody, any of us in here, as a part of Crossroads Church, have by our sin done something to prevent the Holy Spirit from working in the life of our church, then our confession should be one to one another's. That's scary. I know. I'm just, I didn't write it. I didn't write this. I'm just, just sharing it. Our confession also has to be discreet. Often, sometimes our confession needs to be just with God. Sometimes it just needs to be with the person that we have committed maybe some sin or trespass against. And confession should be specific. A lot of things about confession we could talk about and maybe preach about some other time. But when you and I, if we hear a a prayer concern or maybe even a confession of sin shared in our small group, our Sunday school class, large group, whatever, at that point in time that the confession is given, we, the rest of us, have a God-given responsibility. Say, what are we going to do about it? Well, we should, at that point, God has enlisted us by our hearing about it to be a person of intercessory prayer. Not gossiping, but prayer. 
I've been in the church a long time. Some of you have too. There's many, many times I've heard prayer requests shared that turned into a gossip session. Oh, would you be praying for so-and-so? They're really struggling in their marriage. Yeah, yep, he cheated three times, and this happened, and then she threw him out. She broke their best china dish in the kitchen when she threw... I mean, you go on and on and on. At that point, friend, you have moved into gossip. And we chuckle, but we earlier looked at in James where he talked about the power of the tongue. You and I will be held to account for those things. You may go, well, it's, nothing's happened yet. I kind of went by, that's over, I'm off the hook. Oh, no, you just wait. The Bible is pretty clear. Your sin will f- be found out. Maybe not this week, maybe not next month, maybe not next year. It might be a decade from now, but it will come back. Which scares me to death. So we've got to be willing to pray in, pray out, pray over. But here's the last thing, we've got to pray up. Pray up. He gives us an example, actually, in verses 17 and 18. James says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. It didn't rain on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the sky poured down rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So he says to us, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. You want me to give you an example? Let me give you an example. Elijah, boom. And then he gives us an example to illustrate the fact that what he says is true. The effective prayer of a righteous man or woman can accomplish much. And to be reminded of that, we have to remember who are we praying to. We're not praying to Buddha. We're not praying to Muhammad. We're not praying to a statue. We're not praying to ourselves. We're praying to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who is alive and well. More than able to do above and beyond what we can think or imagine. This is the God that we pray to. Oh, that you and I, when we stop to pray, would remember who we're talking to. Maybe we would be a little more fervent. Maybe we would be a little more honest. Maybe we would expect a lot more from our Heavenly Father. You say, that's great. I know who I'm praying up to, but sometimes it's so hard for me to even pray. Or maybe even as Joey said earlier, I can't even sing because I just get something inside. You know what? Aren't you glad that the Bible says this, Paul said this, in the same way the Spirit will help us in our weakness. When we don't even know what to say or how to pray, the Spirit of God Himself will intercede through our wordless groans. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. 1 Peter chapter 3. So, do you and I realize who we're praying to? The creator of the world? Who loves you? There's nothing too small to bring before him where he's going to go, well, I can't believe you brought that little, that little measly request. No! He loves you. He loves me. And equally, there's not anything so big that God's going to go, well, that's okay. You finally stumped me. I was waiting on somebody to bring something to me that I just could not handle. You, you did it. Congratulate. No! This is the king of the world. Are you suffering? And pray. Are you cheerful? Sing praises. Are you sick? Call for the elders of the church to pray over you. Anoint you in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Confess your sins, therefore, one to another, and pray 
that you may be healed because the effective prayer of a righteous man or woman can accomplish much. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for prayer. Thank you for the tremendous gift of prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me for not utilizing, exercising the gift of prayer more often. As you're praying this morning, I just simply want you to ask four questions. As you think about praying in, would you just say, Lord, am I, am I in right standing with you today? Is there anything in my life, anything in my heart, that would cause the prayers that I pray to hit the ceiling and bounce back down? If there is, would you please show me, because I just don't want to go through the motions. I, I, I really want to pray and see prayers answered. Number two, would you just ask the Lord, God, is, do I need to really consider being more open, vulnerable, to share with brothers and sisters in Christ what's going on with me so that they can know how to pray? Lord, do I need to confess something to someone? Do I need somebody to just pray over me? And lastly, maybe this is your question, Lord. Do I really understand who you are? I, I'm not praying, God, to a genie in a bottle. I'm praying to someone who raises the dead, who moves mountains, who heals the sick. Lord, would you remind us who you are today? In the quietness of this moment, I just want to ask you to do business with the Lord. In just a second, we're going to stand and Joey's going to lead us in a song of invitation. Maybe you're here today and your, your first prayer from your heart needs to be, I need to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, save me because I do not have a personal relationship with Him. If that's you today, I'll be standing down here at the front. I'm going to ask my friend Heath, our teaching pastor and student pastor, to come join me. If you need prayer this morning, you may have already stood, that's okay. But if you need specific prayer today and you'd like for one of us to pray or maybe another friend, just grab their hand and say, hey, can we go to the front and pray? Then you just follow and do what God leads you to do this morning. Father, have your way during this song. As we conclude our service today, may we do everything to be obedient to what you've laid on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing this song of invitation together? Let's stand. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message from Crossroads. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. 
Details about our church and service times can also be found online. The last year has been one of chaos and confusion, and we know many have become isolated and lonely. You can get Pastor Jack's new book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World, a great resource that will help you or you can give to a friend who might be struggling. This resource is also available at hopeatcrossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.